Daddy, wake up! Daddy, wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Daddy! 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 You guys awake? Are you awake now? And if you are awake, are you living your life to the fullest? This is the Dad Podcast. Where we talk about our Catholic faith becoming fully alive through being a husband. And being a father. Really, through our vocation as a husband and a father. So, if you're a dad, this is your spot. Yeah, it's time. It's time to rise up. Welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Iris from Seattle. And it's Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. Hey, we celebrate good dads here. Dads, this is for you. Welcome, everybody. If this is your first time, hey, welcome. This is where Ray and I talk about Catholic dad stuff with the intersection of faith and family life and fatherhood. And uh, if you've been with us, thanks so much. We appreciate your listenership. Is that a word, Ray? Listenership? It is now. Listen- it is. Yeah, listenership. man. There you go. Get on that ship, man. Get, Get on, on that, that ship. <laughs> That's right. And so welcome. We're so glad to have you um, during this holy week. Mm. Um, and uh, what a beautiful Lent it's been. Uh, Ray, uh, we're really blessed today because we are joined by a guest. Indeed we are. And so I'm going to read our guest's bio. And then uh, and then we're going to bring him into the show. So here we go. Um, our Vince, our, our Vince, our, he is our Vince. Our guest today is Vince Granado and Vince studied theology at the Franciscan university of Steubenville and worked at the study abroad campus in Gomming, Austria. He met the love of his life in Vienna, Austria, and has been married to her with their three lively children for over 10 years. He and his wife currently do youth and singles ministry with international and diocesan organizations throughout the world. In his free time, he enjoys looking for the perfect pizza, fine tailoring, scotch, and exploring Europe with his family. Uh, Welcome to the show, Vince Granato. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on here. It is indeed Thanks a blessing. For joining us, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, all the way from Vienna, Austria. That's right. That's right. Vienna, Austria. It's about, oh, it's pretty late here at night, but I mean, anything for you guys. Hey, we thanks. love you, man. You my Arvins. My boys. <laughs> It's our Vince. Absolutely. <laughs> thanks for joining us, man. You know, you know I first met Vince, um, like <laughs> our paths never crossed. And then both, I was asked, I was invited to do a like online praise and worship session with some Mm -hmm. organization, some awesome people from the Philippines. They invited Mm -hmm. me on and, uh, and we were going over the technical details and they said, you know who you should reach out to? You should reach out to this guy named Vince. He's in Austria. So I shot him a message and right after I sent him a message, this is the kind of person that Vince is. He (laughs) called me up. I've never met this man. And he just straight up called me to walk me through how to do stuff. I was like, dude, this guy's great. And so we, we were chatting and then he had to go. He's like, Oh, I got to go take care of my kids right now. And I was like, Oh, and then we we were just kind of chatting. And then I hung up the phone and then I turned to my wife and I said, I think I love this guy. (laughs) <laughs> this guy is awesome. This guy just called me out of the blue and I just kind of re- recounted all the things that um, we transpired in our conversation. I was like, how did I miss this guy before? And so really, really blessed to know you, Vince, um, oh, and, uh, to have you part of the Fatherhood Arise ministry and also here on the, joining us on the podcast today. Thank you. No, it is indeed a blessing. And um, later, I, I hope I could tell the audience on how... Uh, I heard about you guys before you heard about me. So <laughs> you guys have definitely preceded yourselves with your with your presence here in Europe. So yeah, it's like we, we run in circles, you know, like that whole seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. I feel like this is seven degrees of Kevin Bacon when we first met. So it was like, oh man, the Catholic world, once you're like get deep into it, it's small, like, man. it's actually really small. Right. Um, the or universal even just, uh, church, even just the whole seven degrees of just bacon, 
You know I mean, we could just <laughs> talk about that too. That's like one degree bacon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The other thing that I uh, had learned about uh, Vince, because you're not f- originally from Vienna, right? You're no, from no, the state. I'm not. I'm originally from the great state of uh, Texas. There you so. go. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to a friend who knew you and she said, oh my gosh, he is the buffest, strongest Whoa. guy you'll ever meet. <laughs> like His abs are so rock solid. And, and showing, she was like, show, showing off your abs yeah, to yeah hey put your shirt pose. back on bro hey, relax relax <laughs> that's <now>. awkward <laughs> i know and i was like hey is your husband next to you while you're saying this to me lady come on so anyways <laughs> that was the lovely uh and annie alamo <laughs> hey annie has been ken we had she has a real appreciation <laughs> yeah, for, and i, I never for, showed her my abs so just for good bods for good bro <laughs> Shout out to Ken, friend of the show. His his podcast was good too, man. <laughs> That's right. So awesome to have you here, Vince. And uh, we're going to talk oh, about uh, suffering and Lent and Easter and resurrection. And so we're awesome. going to get to that. But in the first part of the show, we always kind of share our dad stories, the real life of dads. And so... Uh, right here in this uh, first part, does anybody have like a, a real life story of some that's been going on uh, in your life, uh, in your dad life? Yeah, I'm, I'll go first, man. Um, this was a short one, but it just happened today. And, uh, you know, it's just realizing, um, I don't know, it's just realizing who I am, my fatherhood and how I deal with things. Real quick, again, this is just me kind of reacting to it. My son, because today's my wife's birthday, actually, and my in-laws got balloons and stuff. And so my son, he's, yeah, my son, he had, um, he was playing with the balloons. And he's, uh, what, like maybe nine, I think, and he's nine years old now. Um, Second born son, nine years old. And he was playing with the balloons, like, as if he was like three or two years old. He was like playing hard with the balloons, like, like bouncing them and just having a blast. But me watching him from afar there's a bunch of stuff that's close to where the balloons are that could be knocked over so as a dad i am i kind of said hey 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 called him over and you know while this was coming out of my mouth i'm like wait what am i saying like like maybe i should stop this i was kind of shaming him like dude you're you're not two years old anymore like you're nine years old start acting like and i'm like what am i saying stop it stop it and, you know, he and then he kind of like looked at me and his his eyes were like tearing up and I'm like, uh. and then I changed my tone and I'm like, no, I, I just I just wanted you to be safe and uh, you can play over there. But then and then I just stopped and then I just reflected on what I just said to him. And I'm, I'm like, dang, I don't want to, you know, especially when he's like enjoying the balloons crying out loud. You know, we, we act like little kids when we see balloons. So anyway, I. It's it, it was a, a grace from God, um, definitely a, a great fruit from the consecration to St. Joseph. I, um, I, I just saw them like, OK, yeah, I could be better. I could be better. It was just <laughs> yeah, a realization. Awesome. Oh, it's great that you realize that like midstream that you were able to like <laughs> shift gears and be like, hey, don't don't qu-. you didn't like uh, stifle the spirit, but you just like moved it to a safe place, a safer yeah, place. Yeah. Although I did, because it came out of my mouth like, dude, you're not two years old anymore. Stop playing. Like, And then that's when I'm like, am I saying this right now? <laughs> am I shaming my kid for, for enjoying the balloons? And so, yeah, yeah. Less that's good, because I would never stop myself. I would just like, <laughs> let that fly. <laughs> right on. That's great, Ray. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, for me... It was kind of a crazy night. I don't know. Life has been pretty stressful. I'm not going to complain because once Vince starts talking, I'm like, oh, come on. Of my own, my own complaints. But it was crazy because uh, we just got had our carpets changed over. And so we got these brand new carpets in this place where I'm living right now. And then I was walking barefoot and I noticed that the it was really wet. It was like super wet, like the carpet was really wet in the kids' room. Oh, and so I'm uh, mentally going through what could have happened 
that uh, provided this wetness. So did did a kid pee? That's I mean that's been on this podcast before. Did he? That's, that's did a, a kid? That's where my mind went. Did a kid spill water or is there a plumbing problem? Because it's right next to the bathroom. And so I asked the kids and first I was just like, hey, did did anybody notice that the carpet's wet right here? And they're like, yeah, dad, it's really wet. And I said, did anybody do anything? And it's like crickets. Like nobody says anything. I was like, did anybody spill water? And then nobody said anything. And I looked at my youngest or my second youngest son, he's seven. And I was like, did you spill water? And he, he was like looking around, looking at his brothers, looking at his mom, looking at me. And then he was like, uh, uh, yeah. And I was like, you did? I was like, how did you get water there? And he's like, I, I spilled it from a cup. And I was like, where's the cup? And he's like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, when, when did this happen? I was like interrogating like a seven-year-old, and <laughs> but like, like a cop in the movies. And the, guy, the guy's not giving me any straight answers. And I was like, take me to the cup. And then like we went to the kitchen <laughs> and it was like put away where all the cups are. I was like, that can't be the cup. This cup is dry. And he said, yeah, it was three days ago, dad. And I was like, what? Okay, hold on. Like, I'm just so confused. Like, I'm talking to a seven-year-old trying to get a straight answer. It was impossible. So anyways, long story short, the plumber's going to be here in an hour <laughs> because I don't know if the kid just spilled something, but definitely they're going to have to cut that wall. So oh to get to, to access the pipe. So I don't know. Yo, I hope that the kid just spilled the thing. What, what if the plumber's like, yeah, this is just spilled water. <laughs> at this point, at this point, I have no idea what to say. Like, I was like, okay, whatever. I can't believe my seven-year-old. Like, I never know if he's telling a story or uh, shooting straight. So anyways, I, I got to figure that out. But um. Yeah, that's a, oh, that's going to be an ongoing story. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay, so I guess my fatherhood story is um it's just coming to the realization of the times that we're living in, you know, this whole COVID lock. This COVID time like I'm not sure how it is in in the United States. I guess it's different from state to state, but here in Europe or here in Vienna in Austria, um there's some pretty strict measures in terms of the um how how we're supposed to act in this time and um, like one of the measures is that we can't really meet up with people. We can't meet up with more than like another household. And so all the other people that we meet up with, they're usually pretty busy. Everyone's got school and stuff. So yeah, most of the time we're just pretty much with ourselves or maybe with one or two other people. And our youngest child, he's three, his name is Lorenzo. Um, he, he's been affected the most out of this entire lockdown. Like, He's just used to being at home, playing with us, playing with his siblings. And so whenever he sees someone that's not his sibling, it's like a whole new world for him. It's like, what, who is this person? Or even when we go outside, like when we go to like, we brought him to the mall last week once for like the first time in a year. And he was just amazed. He was just like, there's lights, like lights, Papa, lights, lights. It's so loud. It's so loud. Like everything is just like Disneyland to this kid, you know? And so last night we went to, um, it was, it was, um, his godmother's, um, not his godmother's, his, 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 his aunt's, um, birthday. And so we drove to her place and we were with all the kids and we just dropped off a present and we, we brought him out of the car and he was just amazed, like at the fact there's other people there and that he's outside. And I'm like, oh man, this kid, this kid is going to grow up. Like if this continues on like this, this, this kid is going to grow up so sheltered. Like he's just not going to know what it's like to be in the outside world. He's like the boy in the bubble, basically. So it's <laughs> this poor boy. But yeah, it, it, it makes you realize like, wow, the, the world of a kid, it's it's so different from the world that we live in. So yeah, that was an eye opener. Awesome. Got to definitely got to get him out more often somehow once these restrictions get lifted. But yeah. Oh man, I love that. The the way you said too, and I'm gonna start using it. The world of a kid, 
it's like sometimes we try as fathers we try to look through our kids eyes you know and we're like man i wonder what they're thinking like when my kid was playing playing with those balloons i'm like what what are you thinking yeah but then at the same time there's also that part of us (laughs) there's also a part of us that like yeah like like smiling and, and, and enjoy seeing him full of joy playing with the balloons and making up stories maybe uh, and just you know just just having that wonder uh, i want to ask you vince as we transition to our topic for today uh, celebrating holy week through our kids eyes you know w- what do you see in your eyes uh as as we're learning as we're getting deeper into this whole the, the great love of a father what are you what's god speaking in in your heart uh and revealing in your own fatherhood with the experience that we're about to talk about as well that god has uh um has really uh, walked walked with you in this great journey so uh, i guess in in that in a nutshell question through the through the kids eyes through your eyes what do you see our heavenly father uh, showing you in your own fatherhood? Well, that's a deep question, you know. Um, wow. Have you guys ever read that book, um, He Leadeth Me, by Father Walter Chizek? So, like, this, I don't know if you guys ever had a chance to read this, but this book is like, it's a revolutionary book. And um, I guess in my, recent experiences uh, I don't know if I should get into it now or if I should go into it a little bit but okay so okay I guess to sum this up this is gonna be a long answer to a, to a pretty short question but um, on January 2nd I went out for a run and um, the kids know it they always they always say uh, papa's going on the run it's normal and then after the run I was gonna make dinner we were gonna have hamburgers that night and um so i prepped everything they were the two older kids were at uh, a neighbor's house and um they were just um playing and i was gonna go get them on my way back and bring them home and then make dinner and as i was running i was coming to a i was coming to um a crosswalk like a cross like basically a stoplight and I remember beginning to cross the street and then, and then I just went blank. And the next thing I knew I was waking up uh, in an intensive care unit in the hospital. And so I basically, I was hit by a car when I was running and it hit me from behind and I didn't see what happened. Um, I must've, the adrenaline must've came in and basically knocked me out um consciously because I, I was able to speak with the police officer or the paramedic i'm not sure who who came to me um to to bring me to the to the emergency room but i guess i told the the paramedics that you know my name is vincent granado i, I live right down the street and this is my address and and so anyways when i came to it um there was a doctor basically saying, do you know your name? Do you know where you are? And I'm like, okay, I'm Vincent Granado. Obviously I'm in a hospital. And he's like, you just got hit by a car. Um, your, your head is fractured and we need to keep a, a head, uh, an eye on it right now. Your knee is also fractured. So you can't really walk. Um, are you, how do you feel? And I, I think I must've been drugged up because I really couldn't feel anything. Like everything was completely numb and my vision was completely shot uh, my hearing was also shot. Like even the, my sense of smell, like I couldn't smell anything. I was like, Oh my God, do I have COVID? Um, but the doctor was like, you know, just hang in there. We're going to see what's going to happen in the next couple hours. And I basically spent three days in that intensive care unit. And then the next 10 days after that, I was, I was in the uh, recovery ward. So basically like almost two weeks in that, in, in a, in a hospital. And in those two weeks, it was probably the most challenging. It, it was the most challenging part of my life. I felt so much physical pain, like my head. There was nights where I just, the first like three nights of being in the recovery ward, I just couldn't sleep because of the intense pain in my head and in my body. Um, but in that time, like I didn't question God and say like, God, why did this happen to me? Like, well, how could you allow this to happen to me? 
Like I've been trying to be faithful. I've been trying to be good to follow you, you know, to tell other people about you. But it was, it was the first time I said, all right, Lord, you have a plan in all this. And I want to know what that plan is. And I want to know what you want from me. And it was the first time where I actually began to feel the love of God as a father, because there were like no direct answers, but I could feel his presence in the midst of the pain. Like I could feel his, his presence as, as a heavenly father. And I could just, I could literally just feel him next to me, like just joining me in, in the pain and in the suffering. And on the Sunday, my first Sunday back or my first Sunday in the hospital, there was an, and it was, I was in an intense amount of pain. Like it was just so painful to even lay down. Like I, I, I just, I just, I couldn't do anything except for just beg the Lord, you know, to give me the grace to make it through. And as I was like laying there in the bed, like a, a deacon, like this old deacon came up and, and said in German, like, do you want to, do you want me to pray with you? And I said, okay. Like, I was just like, I'm in so much pain. Okay. Yes, let's pray. And so we prayed the, our father together in German. And then he gave, he, he reached into his pocket and he had the blessed sacrament with him. And he said, do you want to receive the blessed sacrament? And I said, yes. And it was such a, a quick thing that I didn't have enough time to realize what was happening, but it was, I think that was like God's way of reaching out to me in that moment in that, in that hospital and telling me like, I'm here and here's, here's the body of my son. You're not alone. Um, you're not going through this pain alone. And it really shed a lot of light on, I mean, to me to realize like what it means to be a father. It's not so much to like, impart the greatest wisdom to our kids or not to be like, like the best role models that we can be. I mean, of course it's important, but I think the most important thing, what I learned in this pain is that we just, we have to be there for them. You know, we have to join them in whatever it is they're going through. They have to know that we'll always be there. You know, they have to know that no matter what happens, like we will be there. They will not be alone, whatever it is they're going through. And, and that is the greatest way that we can love them as fathers is like that we're there, you know? And as I like reflect on it in my life, like, you know, my father was, is an amazing, is an amazing man. He's taught me how to pray and he's taught me how, how to, to be humble. But the things that I remember the most of of my earthly father, my, of my dad is that the, the most enjoyable times are just the times that we just spent together you know like just sharing moments like nothing extraordinary but like those little things like you know we played tennis together we go fishing we'd watch tv you know like these these little things where i knew that he was fully there and i was fully there and it and like that is that is like for me like the greatest way that i can love as a father and the greatest way that i feel the love of of other you know of other men in my life that have been great father figures to me in addition to my dad. So I think like what the Lord has taught me in the midst of all of this is like, just be there, you know, just be fully there, be fully present. Like don't, you know, don't try to escape what it is, whatever it is you're going through or whatever, like could distract you at that moment, but just be 100% fully there. And um, it's still a challenge like to this day when with my kids, like, um, but thank God that I'm able to go through kind of this, um, this spiritual exercise I've been doing for 90 days with, with other, with these, um, other brothers of mine, like having to detox from social media, from the internet, from, from TV, like being able to be fully present. Like that's been such a blessing to my kids in the midst of all this. So, yeah, I guess, I guess like to sum up the answer to that is like, I've, I have felt in a great way, the presence of God, the father for the first time in my life, you know, through this accident. And I feel like that's how he's calling me to be a father to, to my children. It's like, just to be fully there, you know, 100% as much as I can be. Yeah. That's a unbelievably beautiful uh, response and reflection, Vince. Thank you. Cause uh, what, what stuck out to me 
from what you said was that uh, God was present, right? Like I, I can recall so many times when when I have been going through a problem or someone that I love has been going through a problem that I didn't have any words for it. Like I didn't have any answers to give, but I could be there. I could be present, right? And um, like some of my fondest memories with my dad or with my friends was not like these big vacations that we took or like these big moments, but that the the simple moments when we we were just present with one another. And there's there's something that's so powerful about that. And sometimes it takes like this this something that's so simple, but it it takes like a tremendous like revelation in our lives to get there. Like, oh my gosh, it's about what's the most important thing? It's about being present. Like your presence is your present, right? And and what is the incarnation? Right? It's it's God becoming present to us in our experience, right? What is the Eucharist? It is it is Jesus representing himself, right? He is being becoming present in a physical way here. And so like your physical presence, especially like encountering, uh, getting hit by a car, like your physical presence could be gone forever. And so knowing like, oh, that presence is so, so important. Like that's, I think that's, um, that's something that's really powerful and can resonate and really connects us into Lent and Easter. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that, Vince. It really is a a great mystery to lean on, especially during this, uh, you know, during this Holy Week, as we enter into uh, the Paschal Mysteries of our faith. And it's just a great also invitation. It's an, an invitation to us as well. This is what we're trying to do here in Fatherhood Arise in this podcast. We're trying to remind, we're trying to kind of ring the bell, sound the horns in that sense, a gentle reminder that we're invited to lean in. We're invited to be present. And as simple as what you said, Vince, just to just to be there. That's that's some real stuff. And as we go mm-hmm. into this uh, great uh, mystery, right? Uh, as we go get into Holy Thursday, and into and into uh, Friday, and into Saturday, it's just we're we're invited to to be with Jesus. Stay with me. Be present with me. Stay awake. Stay awake. And uh, what a great reminder for us to to be present. So, so Vince, um, was that the first time you ever been hit by a car? <laughs> that was definitely the first, well, no, it's the second time that I was hit by a car. It's funny because my, my wife is here <laughs> listening and she's like laughing at me right now because I How was actually I hit by this? a car what? earlier in the year when I was on, yeah, I, I was hit by a car earlier in the year, but it was, a, it was, there was no injury. I was on my bike on my way back. Oh my goodness. From work. Um, and the, the van just, I don't know what happened. Like I was again, going across, going through a crosswalk and it definitely, I I think the van just didn't see me and it like gently nudged my back tire as I was like, as I was going and I was like, all right, I I got out. I mean, I I got off my bike and the guy got out of his, out of the van and he was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I did not see you. And I'm like, I know you didn't see me. And, uh, you need to watch where you're going. Cause you just hit me. Well, and he said that, God, he said that to you to or <laughs> he's like, well, he's saying in German, he's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Um, I didn't see you. And I was like, I was like, it's okay. You, you should watch where you're going. Um, you hit me. And, and he was like, so apologetic. I think he was ready to like, because if, if you, if you get in some sort of accident like that, that here in, in Austria, like you have to go through a lot of like uh-huh. paperwork, you should call the police and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't bother with it. Cause like he didn't injure my bike. I mean, he didn't injure me. He didn't damage my bike and he didn't damage his van. So I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But that was nothing. Like I, I didn't even think about it again the next, the next day. Dude. And then, yeah. yeah. The so you, you're developing a pattern. So we say, well, we say in the business, I'm developing a pattern. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's uh you should see the you should see the other guy. I don't know. No, that was the real question, question though. <laughs> I lost that real question. I actually asked because I um I once nudged a person like the way that you're describing getting hit by a, a hit, hit while you're on a bike. I once nudged a person. Irish yeah, I, I nudged a person once. And I and I described it. They were walking across the crosswalk, and I was like um, inching my car up, like to make a right turn. And then I like gra- I grazed them. I grazed them, and uh, and I was like, really, like that person hit me in in many ways, more than I hit them. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like it just is like lightning quick, right? Like uh, you just don't know where. That that kind of stuff yeah. could happen at any moment. No, I was gonna say the 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 most recent hit. Did he stop? Yeah, did, that or was gonna be my question. Stop? I I don't know. I didn't even know if. Well, I didn't even well because she hit me from behind. I didn't see her, and then I I blacked out. So, um, at least consciously, mm. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess part of me was conscious, but then my like what it's I like I survival have no recollection of what happened. Um. So like survival maybe it was like survival that kicked in and apparently it was on the ground and she stopped and the police came and the paramedics came so she must have talked to the police because my wife was telling me when the police came by the house an hour and a half later and told my wife that i was it was near your house um it was about it was about like maybe a quarter of a mile away from the house um so she stopped and then I think she was blaming it on me because the police were like, yeah, it's your husband's fault. And I'm like, when she's telling me this, I'm like, it's never right. Right. a pedestrian's fault. <laughs> it's even if the pedestrian was like running in the middle of the, like into like ongoing traffic, it's still the car's fault um, here. Uh, I'm not sure what the traffic laws are in the States, but like the car, I mean, the pedestrian always has the right of way. Mm. So she was trying to blame it on me and the police even sided with her and was like, yeah, I think it's probably your husband's fault. And uh, yeah, I was, I was like, man, that's really fishy. So anyways, she got out, she talked to the police after everything. And then, yeah, the ambulance came and brought me to the hospital. So, and then one of my co or my wife's coworker that lives on the same street as well. She saw me limping down the street one day as I was trying to like walk up and down the street in crutches. Um, she was like, Oh my gosh, what happened to you? I'm like, I got hit by a car. And she's like, when? And I was like, on January 2nd. She's oh. like, I saw the accident. I saw like all the all the police cars and paramedics there and they stopped traffic. And I was like, okay, so at least people cared. <laughs> they they watched really all of the lights, the light show. <laughs> but people didn't like just drive by and oh be like, there's a guy on the ground. Yeah. So no, yeah. Um you you really had a lot in there um about your initial sharing and I, just like a couple of follow-up questions, like, cause you're a, a really active guy. Like you're, you're a person who like, we would, we would call you to, or try to set up a, a time to talk to you. Cause we have to span all of the time zones, right? Like eight hours, 10 hours um, till, to talk to you. Yeah. And we got to yeah, do that. So very man. difficult. Like, Wait, carry the one. <laughs> There's like okay. a time zone thing. Seven hours, and then, six um, hours. And then you you would say things like, "Hey, I I can meet up with you guys at five a.m. because I'm gonna go on a run, or I've got to, I'm gonna practice for an Ironman, and I gotta do the the biking part." And so I'm like, "Dude, you're like a super physical. Um, I won't say freak, but you're a physical specimen." Um, but but with this uh, with this accident. Um, being hit by a car, like you got laid out. So um, kind of, can you like kind of talk about like that, yeah. that idea of like kind of the suffering and the, maybe like the physical impact of that? Yeah. The, the physical impact was, was definitely hard. Uh, um, when the doctor told me like, you're not gonna be able to walk for a while. You're actually not gonna be able to get out of bed for the next couple of weeks because you really need to rest. Um. I mean, as active as I am and as much as I love like sport and training, like I'm also pretty pragmatic, you know, and I'm pretty like, okay, I don't want to not be able to walk again, you know? So if the doctor tells me like, you can't do that, then you can't do that. So like I took his, I took the advice of the medical staff, like very seriously. I'm like, all right, I just need to, I need to rest. I need to lay. And um, like, 
the time in the hospital, like just those weeks in the hospital, like, like it was, it was hard. I think the hardest part was like the, the initial just solitude and loneliness because um, here in, in Austria or in here in Vienna, uh, because of the COVID situation, you're not allowed to have visitors. You can have visitors once a week. So I got to see my wife twice um, in the time that I was there in the hospital. And, um, and then everyone around me, they were really, really old. And some of them were not even like in their right mind. Like they're old to the point where maybe the people maybe my fellow people in the recovery ward might've had like some sort of mental um, challenges, like Alzheimer's. There's one lady that was just saying, thank you. The entire like day, like she's saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, like constantly. So it was like, you couldn't really connect to people. Um, and the nursing staff is not known as like the friendliest staff. Like they were not, they don't have very good bedside manner, the, the hospital staff. Sorry if anyone listening is a, a medical professional here in Austria, but it's true. Like usually guys have terrible bedside manner. So like can't really carry on conversation with you because um, they just want to like give you your meds and like, and get out of there. So it was a time of just like real, like silence, solitude. And, um, and it was a time for me to really just be at peace with, with the situation I'm in, like, like going through what I'm going through. I couldn't, I couldn't push it away. I couldn't, I couldn't block it out. I couldn't, I couldn't drown it out by like switching on like the TV or, or because my head couldn't take it. Like I couldn't even watch things because after like, like after 30 minutes, like I would just get severe headaches. So it's, there was no way to like, to avoid the pain and to avoid the, like, um, how do you say the present moment? So like, uh, it was like living each moment in there, you know? Um, and at the same time, like there was a peace about it, like going through it because I knew that I knew that this wasn't it. Like I knew that it wouldn't end in this way. Like, I was like, either like it has to get better or like it could get worse, but it, it's not going to be like this forever. So like, I just knew I had to push through it. I just had to experience it. And I had to live in the moment. I, I couldn't drown it out. Um, and so that, that suffering like was, was really, was really tough, but I think the hardest, the hardest suffering was what came afterwards when I came home because I was so excited to come home. Like I was so pumped it to come back to the house. Um, but what, what awaited me here at home was just the, the helplessness of not being able to go up and down the stairs without, without struggle. Um, being able to bathe myself. Like I couldn't do that because I couldn't get my leg wet. I couldn't get my, my head wet for a while because the, the wounds that were healing. And and so like I had to go through the the challenge and my wife who has just been so amazing, like imagine having your wife have to bathe you, you know, like just to, to like she had to literally sponge bathe me for, for like a, a week, you know? Um, Sounds great. And, and even, even to get a bit more graphic, like to use the toilet to do the number two, like she had to help me with that too. Like she had to like, to wipe and to clean and like that that was like really really hard you know it was that that's like that's real humbling yeah it's really humbling it shows you how that. much like i think that's like where our, our marriage became very like much more solid like it, i think that this accident has really solidified like our marriage to the point where we realize in sickness and in health you know through good times and through bad like sickness and health like I know that my wife will be here with me. Like if I, if I get really sick, like there's no doubt in my mind. And, and if this were to ever happen to her as well, like I would no doubt in my mind do the same thing. So yeah. And then having the, the kids like constantly worry about you, you know, like everyone yeah. is basically on edge. Like when they hear something dropped they're like, you know, did, did Papa just fall out of bed? You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it was a being at home and having to to recover at home, 
as painful it was in the hospital, just the, the suffering at home, I think was, 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 was a challenge, you know, like that was just, it was really hard. I can imagine too, seeing like the look on my kid's face, right? Like sometimes they think that as our, as dads, we're, you know, we're indestructible. We're, we're dad. Yeah. That's, that's my dad. Right. And then like my kids often say, I've never seen my dad cry. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but there's nothing wrong with crying. I'm I'm a fan of crying, but I don't think I've like shed tears in front of my my children. Um, and anytime that there's something sad, I can always like sense my kids like eyeballs. Like, is he gonna cry? Is he gonna? Is dad gonna cry? <laughs> right? But like, and they're like, come on, I don't want to see it. But um, just looking at my kids' faces, knowing like, oh, he's hurt like that sense of like the indestructibleness of their dad is like being like, yeah, kind of rocked. That's tough. Yeah. It's tough, man. That was tough. I think uh, also like my, my three-year-old, he had his birthday while I was in the, the hospital. And so they were doing like a party for him oh, while man. I was, while I was in the hospital. And I was like the first time I cried in front of the kids. I don't know if the kids saw me crying, but I was just bawling like on the hospital bed because I, I couldn't be there, you know? And like, yeah, it, it was, it was really tough to be able to, to just to not be in the presence of your child while he's celebrating his birthday, you know? And yeah, that was, that was definitely tough as well, but yeah, to God be the glory in all of it, man, because he's just made me stronger. Like he's just made me more, he's helped me to realize like how, how precious life is, like how short it can be and how like eternally grateful we have to be for everything that we have, you know, while we're here. Yeah. That, that's been a major, major lesson that I've, I've taken away from this is just the, the gratitude. Like every, I wake up every morning now and I just thank God for the gift of life. Like I, I try never to cease from doing that just to, to thank God that I'm alive, you know, and that, that I have what I have and like I've never been more content in my life now mm. just, to, just to be happy with what, what, what has been given me. Like, yeah. So Vince, how, how do you, uh, like you're laying in the hospital and you're, you're like in constant pain and then you go home and you, you're an active guy, but then that's shut down and you're a good follower of rules. So then you don't do that either. Yeah. And you let your body heal. And then your, your wife got to take care of you, which maybe you're not used to That was in that way. So like physically that's tough and, and there's a lot of pain, but spiritually it seems like you're super rock solid. Whereas other folks that might that might be like a real spiritual challenging time. So like, how do you, like, where did you find that? Where did you find that strength? Where, where did you find that, that power or that relationship that sustained you in the midst of all of that suffering? Yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, I grew up pretty nominally Catholic until I turned about, um, turn until I turned, uh, 20 years old. Uh, November 16th, 2000, I had a major encounter with the Lord and it just basically rocked my world. And it made me realize that God is real and that his love for me is real. And from that point on, it's just been a journey with him. It's been a, a journey of love with him, like coming to know, first of all, like the person of Jesus, like he's just starting in 2000, all, all the way up until now, like Jesus has been revealing himself to me in different ways. And me coming to finally see him as a person and and develop a very deep relationship with him is not like a it didn't happen overnight it, it happened over the course of these 20 years um and i think just that developing relationship has every year it just grows a bit more and more mature you know i don't know if you guys understand that like it it doesn't feel better you know it's not like wow i feel like i'm so in love with jesus but I think every year it's like, wow, Jesus, you really are teaching me something different this year. Like you're allowing me to go through this. I think like our, my relationship with, with, with God has just become much more real over the past years. And I think it, it kind of hit its stride when I got married, you know, uh, about 10 years ago. Um, that's when God's love became very concrete. You know, it's like, all right, 
um, I'm calling you to the vocation of marriage. And now your path to heaven is through this marriage. And for you to experience my love in a powerful way is going to be in the context of this marriage. Like you're going to know what it means to love through this woman, you know, like you're going to know what it means to be vulnerable, what it means to be honest. You're going to know what sacrifice is like. So I think like just these, by me allowing to, to realize God's love in that way has just been a good foundation for, for really just knowing that he's real and knowing that there's a a relationship there and that no matter what happens, like it's always going to be there. So when this tough time came, when, when the storm came, like uh, in this accident, like that was my fallback, you know, like that relationship that has been developing over the past 20 years. So it was not like all of a sudden I just got on my knees and started praying to God. No, it's this relationship that's been growing over the past two decades has, has finally reached, reached a mature point where I can, I can fall back on the relationship with him to know that he's, he's there and that I have nothing to, to be anxious about, you know, I might be suffering, but I know that I'm not alone. And I know that, that it's not going to end like this. So yeah, that's how it was for me. Just that what you said about how real God is. Uh, I just want to again, honor you and, and thank you for joining us here on uh, the podcast. It's been a long time coming. Um, and yeah, man, uh, we were praying for, we continue to pray for you and your, and your family. If you all can see this, cause we're, we're doing this through zoom, but of course we're going to have this on our podcast, just audio, but man, the, the guy still has got, he's, he's, you still have like bruises and yeah, stuff from this, I got uh, a, this accident. I got some love scars here and I got, if you could see the back of my head, like, I don't know, um, I'll turn around so you can, maybe you guys can see that, but like, I got, can you see that? Oh, we're currently yeah, looking yeah, at yeah. like a he's, giant he's scar. Back of his head. Yeah, that was the, the fra- that's where the fracture was. But yeah, wow, that was painful. It's 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 still a, it's still a muscular. Yeah, it's very skull, nice. Though, very nice shape. Got a lot of skull. muscle development there. Six pack skull. Yeah, it looks like a turtle shell <laughs> in the back <laughs> of your head. How'd you do that? He was flexing too, he was man. Punching his butt while he was doing. Oh, but yeah, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for joining. It's always fun to to chat with you. Uh, please again know that you are you and your family are in our prayers. Any other um any other questions you have, Iris, for for Vince as as he wraps it up and leads oh, us into just prayer? that um you know I just love what you said that um the faith wasn't a thing that happened overnight and then you just decided you're gonna like get on your knees and pray because you you hit an obstacle or an obstacle hit you. Uh, as it were, but uh, in reality, that you had been building up, right? Like all of the relationship, all of the prayers from, from yeah, all of all of that stuff, like led you to that moment when when the when the storm came that um, you just woke up Jesus who was in the, in the boat already, right? Like he's there, and um, that just reminds me, like you know. So, it's a lot of the un, like, it's not glamorous like the life of faith. Some most of the time, and it's not glamorous the life of a father a lot of the times. But it's those little things. The it's the spending of the time. It's the, the taking the time to teach the kid um, in love how to do how to do the thing right. Like all of those things. Ca- hopefully, reach that point that you how you said it was like it's mature now. Right. Like, and it's super solid. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that because, you know, one thing Jesus never said that we'll never, we'll never experience uh, bad times if we follow him. Like he never promised us an easy life or riches. You know, he promised us a cross. Like that's the only promise that Jesus ever gave to us. Mm. Well, two, right? The first is, I promise you the cross, take your cross and follow me. And the second is, I will be with you until the end of time. Right? So we have both of those as guarantees. That's a beautiful thing. Amen. Especially now that is a beautiful as we like we go into Easter and your life is kind of like when if we look forward to the Easter Sunday, you're kind of like living into that Easter. You've you've gone through this suffering and this real difficult time but you're also moving into a place of like a more a more glorious state right like a more like a fuller life 
that you don't take anything for granted, that you're able to say maybe like that woman in the hospital, thank you, but not a mindless thank you, but a, but a authentic thank you yeah. that echoes in every moment of your life. And I think that's a really powerful, um, that's some powerful stuff. So super grateful that you're able to share that with us. No, I thank you. And, um, yeah. And, and brothers, I want to thank you as well. Like you, you're the ministry that you guys do has, has been influential to me as well. And uh, I just want to share a little bit of what, what you guys have done for our family as well. Like, um, I think it's you, Iris, is it you that, that remember when you guys were in lockdown, you like, didn't go necessarily to online mass. Yeah. Was that, yeah. So I, we yeah, took sure. that, um, in our family and because our kids just couldn't sit through the mass, like uh, watching TV and, like it was just kind of pointless because they got nothing out of it. But what we did was we did like what you got, we were talking about like this pr- kind of prayer service where we would, where we would basically be interactive with them at the, at the table, you know, on a Sunday, read the first reading, read this Franz Psalm, read the second reading, read the gospel. And then like, a sh- like short sharings of, of, you know, how, how God speaks to us in that way. Like that has been so, um, it has been such a, a beautiful practice that we did that for the rest of the lockdown that we had here in Austria. Um, but awesome. we've carried it on to our daily prayer as a family. Like, and that has been really instrumental as well in, in this Lenten season, like where we read the gospel um, in the morning, you know, as a family. And then we just allow the kids to to comment and to ask questions. Like we took that from, from, from what you, from what you suggested. And, and it has just made the, it has made the gospel just really the word of God just come very much alive in our, in, in the life of our, of our family and our children's lives. And so like, it's no longer just something they can, they'll just hear on Sunday, but something that we, we, we as parents are, are trying to challenge them to live in their daily life, you know, and, sometimes it's successful most of the time successful sometimes you get like this you know really obscure gospel reading where they're like it's really kind of hard to translate it into like real world living but like when you read the genealogy of jesus it's like yeah okay yeah all right most important thing is that you know jesus came from somewhere and, and he was it was a plan you know but but you know what i'm saying it's like it just gave such a good background and um especially in this lenten season like now when when we're approaching closer to Lent and we see like the conflict that Jesus faces, like, mm-hmm. like the kids see that they see that the Jews, like who was out to get him, they wanted to put him to death. Like we had a conversation with them in the car um, about that. And they're like, why did they want to put him to death? Like, why were they, why did the Jews hate him so much? Like, and just to have that kind of conversation um, it's been like a really beautiful preparation for them um, to encounter Easter, you know, to encounter like, the resurrected Christ. And so for our, our family, like Easter is such a big, like this Holy week, like this time and, and this Easter that's coming up, like this, this is such an important time for our family. Like this, this, this holiday is, is so, so important. Uh, we even give out like Easter presents, you know, just to, to show them how that's important awesome. it is. So like last year we, we did like these Easter gifts and they all got these little Easter gifts, but they know why we're, we're doing it, you know, like, and of course we do an Easter account, but, but they know that the reason why we have this celebration is, is because of the resurrected Christ. And so they, they look forward to it. And so you guys, you, the, the, the message you guys put out there for us fathers is, is a good one. And I just, I thank you guys for that. It, it's, it's an immense blessing to us. Yeah. We, it's uh that's something that we're trying to like, inculcate in our own families. Actually, the Archdiocese of Seattle did an article on our family uh, fairly recently um, in the in the March um, Northwest Catholic Magazine about it, you know, trying to live out this the life of the domestic church. So it's a beautiful thing. Um, and, I, and yeah, sometimes it's a failure, some, but like the important thing is that we're trying, right? Like we're, we're trying to present that that life for our family to really be the domestic church. Um, that's what our faith calls us to do. And, um, when we're living it out, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, Vince, can you, uh, lead us in prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd be honored to. So let us recall that God's presence is always with us. 
the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you. We worship you. We give you all the glory. You are the King of King and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the Great I Am. We praise you, Lord. We praise you as much as we can. And we just thank you, Lord, for, for the gift of life, for each life that you've blessed us with in this, in this beautiful life. We thank you, Lord, for, for the lives that, that you've given each of us as, as husbands, as fathers. We thank you, Lord, for our beautiful wives. We thank you, Lord, for our children, the blessings that they are. We thank you, Lord, for, for the, the work that you've given us, for the ministry you've given us, for the warm homes that you've given us, for the food, for the friends and for the family. And we just ask you, Lord, to continue to bless us, to protect us from all evil, and to bring us to everlasting life. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, uh, so Amen. we're going to wrap up this podcast that we can chat for a little bit. But um, uh, Vince, are, you hosted an awesome uh, Facebook show called Pews and Plantains. Yeah, that was right. awesome. I loved watching it every time you released an episode. Yeah, we're bringing it back too. We uh, we're we're going to be starting after Sweet. Holy Week with our next. There episode, you go. So. so yeah, so where can people catch up with you online? Do you have like social media or any yeah. websites or anything so, like that? So simple to get to. Um, it's easy. You just go to Facebook and you type in pews and plantains, and it'll bring up our page. Um, also, you just go to Instagram and you type in pews and plantains, and it'll also bring up our page. And, so what is that? What yeah, is it? We, can you like just give the elevator pitch of what that is? Yeah. So Pews and Plantains is a, is a show um, put on by um, Oscar 210 Rivera and myself. Um, and we're both of uh, ethnic diverse backgrounds. So I'm Filipino American, he's um, Puerto Rican American. And we've come to the realization that in the Catholic world that um, there's just like not enough representation from the different uh, ethnic backgrounds, you know? And so we're trying to show the world that the church is very diverse and it's it's a big body like i mean it's over a billion people right. you know the church and we want to show the diversity of that church and the beauty of it and how things are just amazing all all throughout the world and so what we do is we try to um expose like the different backgrounds so we'll have different guests from different parts of the world um you know sharing like um their 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 experience in faith, the, the church in their country, like the, the way the Catholic church is uh, practicing in their country. And, um, but we also not just the geographical like differences, but also like the social differences. So we've, we tackled subjects like, like same sex attraction. We've had Eden invitation on, on the show as well. Um, we talked about racial matters too. Like we had people from, um, from Black Lives Matter come on to the show as well. Um, yeah, and so we're going to be going even further into that this year. Also just tackling the, the diverse issues, the diverse backgrounds, and that's all we're about, like just bringing the diversity, the beauty of the diverse church in, into the mainstream. So That's awesome. So that's check out Pews and Plantains on Instagram and on Facebook Live. They're coming back with some fa Facebook shows. That's going to be great. How about you, Iris? What are you up to? Yeah, you can check me out at um, Called to Rise um, on Instagram, and you can check out my website, calledtorise.org. We got a shop up there now, and actually we're going to be doing a giveaway for Easter. So there's an Easter giveaway for Called to Rise. So um, if you check out my Instagram, then you're going to find the details. You know, it's you're going to... Um, follow and invite a friend and then you'll be uh, entered in to win some cool called to rise swag so um, make sure that you hit that follow like and subscribe uh, how about you Ray what you got yeah and on that shop as well right the father the father hoodie is still present there so check it out over there yeah you can follow us on all the social stuff there uh, Instagram Facebook and Twitter at fatherhood arise and of course uh, check us out on our website at uh, www.fatherhoodarise.com Right on. Hey Vince, thanks. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us from uh, across the world and uh, sharing your story. It's a beautiful one. We'll be keep you in our prayers as you continue to heal and grow. And uh, happy Easter, bro. Thank you, brothers. God bless you.
man. Happy Easter, everyone. All right, Happy peace. Easter. God bless. Peace.